Welcome to episode number 14 of the Healthy Nomics podcast. Hey everybody, my name is Mark Kennedy. I am your host and the founder of HealthyNomics.com and the app for runners Fuel My Run. Today we chat with Jason Fitzgerald from StrengthRunning.com. In addition to being a USATF certified running coach, Jason is also the author of a 101 Simple Ways to Be a Better Runner and the co-founder of Run Your BQ, a community of runners who want to run a faster marathon. In this episode, Jason and I talk about injury prevention for runners, my story battling iliotibial band syndrome and plantar fasciitis, why mainstream media advice surrounding running injuries is off the mark, the most common training mistakes that lead to running injuries, how your training plan should be designed to prevent injuries, Jason's top injury prevention exercises for runners, and lastly, we talk about Jason's injury prevention for runners program. Jason has graciously offered Healthynomics listeners 25% off all three levels of the program. To check it out, head over to healthynomics.com slash Jason and enter the discount code MARK at checkout for 25% off. This discount code expires at midnight on May the 20th, 2014. All right, let's go chat with Jason. Hey, Jason, what's up, mate? Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mark. No problem. It's uh, This is long overdue and... Um, I have to admit, actually, uh, Jason's actually acting as my uh, my coach right now. I'm training for the Toronto Good Life Half Marathon, and I should be out running a 4K right now with some strides, but uh, we'll, we'll get this podcast done first. As long as you get it done. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get going, I just want to congratulate you on your last week's, or was it uh, the week before? Anyways, the, you ran the Boston Marathon for the first time? Yeah, it was my first Boston Congrats. And um, you ran a, a fantastic time. How did the run go for you? Uh, it went okay. Uh, I, I didn't get the time that I was hoping for. I was hoping to run about 235 or 236. And, uh, you know, pretty much according to Murphy's Law, you know, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. And I ran a 245. But, um, you know, in a course like Boston on a warmer day when, you know, things didn't go well for you, I have to be pretty happy with that time. And, you know, it was a special year to be running Boston, you know, after what happened in 2013. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so it was just a really special time to be in Boston running the marathon. Uh, the crowd support was just unbelievable, you know, for for nearly three hours, you know, I was just being yelled at and uh, cheered on by, by the amazing crowd. So it was just a, a really, uh, I think, special experience for me. That's fantastic. Well, congrats again. And then what's up with the weather there? It seems like it's you know, every second year, it's some kind of a heat wave going through, which is, you know, far from less than ideal for uh, for running that course, especially people who train up there. They trained all winter and it's freezing. And then all of a sudden they get a, you know, I'm, I'm in Canada here, so it's a 20 degree plus day, probably uh, close to 80 for you guys. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, uh, you know, New England weather is notorious for being very unpredictable and spring marathons are hard just because you train during the winter and then it, even if it's just a little bit warm, you know, for the Boston marathon a couple of weeks ago, it was, it was in the low sixties and that's not super hot, but when you're used to training in, uh, you know, the twenties and thirties, uh, Fahrenheit, of course, uh, you're just not adapted to that, that heat and, and a little bit of humidity. So it really does affect you. You're just not acclimated to, um, you know, those temperatures and the sun was also pretty strong. So, uh, it's just difficult. Spring spring marathons are very hard. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, before we get going here, Jason, why don't you give us a little background on you, um, sort of where you grew up, uh, where you live now, and uh, a bit about your running background. Yeah, sure. So um, I 
Let's see. I've been running competitively for a little over 15 years now. Uh, wow, I guess we're pushing 16 years. And I started running in high school, and I ran four years of cross-country and track. Uh, and then I went to college and, and ran for Connecticut College, again, uh, cross-country and indoor-outdoor track for all four years. And uh, I kind of just never stopped, you know. I graduated and started running longer distances, uh, you know, 10 miles, half marathon. I ran my first marathon at New York City in 2008. And then, um, you know, I ran uh, 244 in that race. I wasn't super happy with it. And I had some injury problems afterward, but uh, I came back and ran a 239 at the Philadelphia Marathon in 2011. And, uh, you know, that's kind of my marathon background. I've run a couple other marathons, including Boston, but 239 is my highlight. And, um, you know, I've been racing all kinds of other distances, you know, in addition to the marathons, you know, everything from 5Ks uh, all the way up to the 26.2 miles. And right now I live outside of Washington, D.C., right out in Maryland. And um, yeah, I guess I guess that's my, my background with running and, and how I got started. Uh, I actually got started with running because I wanted to high jump. And <laughs> I was told that cross country was like track. So I thought that I was just show up and I would do some, some high jumping because I hated running at the time, but <laughs> somehow I stuck with it and, and look where I am now. There you go. Um, and, and what are you up to now? I know you're, uh, you're a coach and uh, let people know sort of where your, your home base is now and, uh, and what you're up to. Right. Yeah. So I've been coaching for a little while now. Um, you know, I, I do a lot of virtual and remote coaching. Uh, my, my site is strengthrunning.com. And uh, I help a lot of runners uh, either get faster or prevent or treat their current injuries. You know, that's kind of what uh, what I really focus on and help runners, uh, you know, accomplish their goals. So, <clears throat> you know, in addition to um, strength running, I, I kind of co-coach a, a marathon training community at runyourbq.com. And, you know, that, you know, that's what I do now. And uh, helping runners has been kind of a dream of mine for a long time. So, being able to do that full time is kind of like a dream come true. That's fantastic. And the uh, the Run Your BQ program that's with Matt Fraser, is that correct? Yeah, Matt Fraser. He's uh, uh, he writes the NoMeatAthlete.com blog, which is a fantastic uh, uh, plant based kind of athletic blog for for mostly runners, but also triathletes. Yeah, Matt's a previous guest on the podcast, and uh, yeah, no, I love the work he's doing. I'm not. I can't say I'm a plant based. Uh, athlete or individual but uh definitely a lot of his uh, stuff resonates with me so uh yeah no check that out as well we'll put the link to jason's site and matt's site uh, in the show notes but um anyways today we are here to talk about running injury prevention for uh, for runners um let's face it you know injuries suck they they keep you or keep runners from doing what they love and that's running and it's a cause of a lot of anxiety for runners uh, you know especially those runners, you know, we're always looking to beat our PBs and, you know, running injuries, they, they just get in the way. Uh, I've certainly had my share of running injuries, um, most notably, uh, a lot of people who follow Healthynomics will know um, I, I ran my first marathon in 2008 in uh, Ireland. And during that training, uh, you know, I really didn't know what I was doing and I, and I ramped up my training too soon. Uh, ran too far too soon and ended up with plantar fasciitis, IT band syndrome, uh, all at the same time. So it was uh, it was a bit of a gong show. But um, Jason, I'd love to hear a sort of a bit about your 
back down, you know, running injuries, um, you know, you, you mentioned you've had some running injuries in the past. Uh, maybe you could give us a little background on some of the injuries that you've had and um, sort of your approach to uh, to running injuries um, with regards to your training. Sure. So I have a pretty impressive injury history. I've pretty much had every injury there is uh, with the exception of, um, you know, runner's knee. So I'll, I'll knock on wood for that one. But, uh, you know, I used to be injured almost all the time. You know, it would always seem like as soon as I got healthy from one injury and had a couple of weeks of solid training, I would just boom, get another injury and I would be treating that one. So it's a real problem for consistency. And if you're not consistent with your running, you're never going to improve. You're never going to, you know, really uh, achieve what you want to achieve and, and see what you can do as a runner. So I've had, um, you know, IT band syndrome, uh, Achilles tendinopathy, plantar fasciitis, uh, I used to chronically throw my SI joint in my lower back, so that used to cause a lot of problems. Um, you know, just a lot of other just little aches and pains that used to really derail my training. You know, I used to have uh, quad quadricep, um, you know, pains all the time that for some reason would just pop up and I, I wouldn't be able to run, uh, you know, a normal uh, tempo run or anything like that out on the roads. So it all really culminated after the New York City Marathon in 2008, where uh, I got through the marathon okay, but when I started running afterwards, you know, and I took almost two weeks off, and I think the marathon just really beat me up, and uh, I didn't I didn't realize how strong you need to be to run 26.2 miles, uh, you know, as fast as you can. And so when I started running again, I came down with IT band syndrome, and I was actually out for six months. I didn't run a step for about six months and, uh, it was really tough. You know, I, I kind of joke on my site that I spent six months on the couch watching reruns of house and eating a lot of Ben and Jerry's, but (laughs) that's actually what was happening. I was not doing anything and I was just feeling really sorry for myself. And I was like, what is going on with, with my body that I, I can't get over this injury that it happened in the first place. And so I really took a really hard look at my training and I started to, to study, okay, what, what, what makes runners get hurt so frequently and how can you really prevent that from happening? You know, I think, I think you're always going to get some type of small aches and pains if you're training hard and there's nothing wrong with that as long as you're managing it well. You know, if you're staying on top of these little aches and pains and you adjust your training appropriately, then that's going to happen and that's totally fine. But what about these season-ending injuries? What about these really serious injuries that lay you out for weeks or months at a time. You know, my goal was to figure out, okay, how do we prevent those injuries from happening so that runners can be five times more more consistent than they ever have been before? Because when you're consistent, then, you know, you're going to be able to run more than you ever have. You're going to be able to do more speed workouts than you ever have. And ultimately, you're going to get faster. I like to call consistency the secret sauce of good training, because if you're able to, um, you know, consistently put in a good amount of training, even if that training is not at your 100% max, then you're going to reap the rewards. So, uh, you know, after those six months, I went to see four physical therapists. Um, you know, by the time I found one that actually knew what he was talking about, I, I combined that with a lot of research that I did and um, I was able to get healthy. And since then, I've only had one minor injury in over five years. Uh, and I was back to training regularly within about a week and a half. So, uh, it's been a really, um, you know, successful run for me, but more importantly, I think I've used those principles to 
to help the runners that I coach and the runners that read strength running to, to get healthier and to prevent more injuries and, you know, just to be more consistent with their training. And the feedback that I'm getting has just been fantastic. You know, it's, um, you know, people are, people are running faster and they're running new personal bests and it's just awesome to hear that stuff. Yeah, no, I, I really couldn't agree with you more on the consistency front. Um, that's what I've found. I mean, obviously I haven't probably done as many races as, as you have, but, uh, being able to be consistent in your runs, that's, that's when you, you're able to, you know, run to your potential or give yourself the best chance to run your potential and, and get faster and just enjoy your races more because you're just, you're just in better shape and, um, and your training's gone well. Um, but before we go on, let's just back up a bit. I, I've seen you mention a few times that um, some of the mainstream media ad- advice that you get out there with regards to um, running injuries, um, it, it doesn't really jive with sort of your philosophy um, and nor mine. So I, I want to ask you, why is some of that mainstream media advice such as, you know, oh, you know, if you're injured, just just run less or, or just put some ice on it? You know, why is some of that mainstream media advice so bad? <laughs> yeah. So I, I love railing on some of the kind of conventional advice about injuries because it's it's quite laughable. So, you know, probably the most common one is, um, you know, you have to stretch before you run to prevent injuries or, you know, you need you need more flexibility to prevent injuries. When the truth is static stretching does virtually nothing to prevent injuries, particularly before you go running. Um, you know, if anyone listening here is is wondering whether they should stretch before they run, you should absolutely not stretch at all before you go running. Instead, you should do a dynamic stretching routine, which is very different. Um, you know, it accomplishes a, a many different things, and it's going to help actually prepare you to go running, where static stretching doesn't. But um, yeah, you know, like you you go read some of these popular articles on these on these very large running sites. And they recommend that you do things that are not uh, uh, either A, helpful for injury prevention or B, practical for, for runners today. You know, they'll say things like, um, you know, you should, you, know, you should walk every five minutes. Well, who wants to really do that? You know, <laughs> you know runners don't want to be walking all the time. And I understand there's a time and a place for a walk-run program for some runners who are just getting into running or who are currently out of shape. But that's a different story. That's not for injury prevention. That's for, you know, uh, a, a gradual fitness building type program. Um, so, yeah, there, I mean, there's that. And I, I don't think that's very practical. There's there's advice that you should, um, you know, I, I've seen I've seen editors of major fitness magazines say if you're running intervals, you need to be dying for the rest period in between every single interval where that any good running coach is going to tell you, whoa, 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 that is not good. You need to be running uh, any type of repetition workout in control. You need to finish the workout being able to run one or two more uh, repetitions. So, you know, the advice out there is you really need to make sure that you're listening to, to, to any source or person that, uh, you, you know, is, is a little bit more credible. And, and I think, you need to make sure that the, whatever advice that you're you're following kind of follows a philosophy that uh, both fits, you know, the, what the current science says, and also your personal philosophy of, you know, what you want to do and and what you're comfortable with. Because look, if you if you want to run a lot, then you probably don't want to walk every five minutes when you're out running. Yeah, exactly. And um, actually, I, I, 
as we get on to the later in the in the podcast, I want to pick your brain a bit about some uh, some other good resources other than, than your site, obviously, um, that you would recommend for people to check out because they're like you said, there's there's a lot of noise out there, and uh, and it, it's hard, you know. I sympathize for uh, some of those new runners out there. They're you know they they're just looking to start running or get a bit faster, and there's just a lot of noise out there. So it sometimes is difficult to to sift through all that. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. So, uh, in your experience coaching hundreds or maybe more thousands of runners, uh, what are some of the most common mistakes you see when it comes to injury prevention for runners? I would have to say right off the bat, the number one thing that runners aren't doing that I think would make a huge difference in their training with regards to injuries is uh, just adding some strength work into their weekly running program. And, you know, I think a lot of runners get intimidated by strength exercises. You know, they think they need to go into the gym and lift all this heavy weight and be doing deadlifts and, and, you know, these clean and jerks and snatches and all these kind of advanced exercises. When in reality, you don't need to be doing that kind of stuff. Uh, if you're an advanced runner and you want to be doing those kind of exercises, you know, there's a time and a place for that. And, and I think they're super helpful. But, you know, for the majority of runners, you can do bodyweight exercises in your living room. You don't need any equipment. You don't need a special place to do it. And, you know, simply doing 10 or 15 minutes a day after your runs can be enormously beneficial. Uh, I think a lot of the problems with injuries in most, in most runners is a weakness in, uh, you know, their, their either their glutes or their hips. And those two muscles contribute significantly to running injuries. So if you can focus on, uh, you know, building strength in those muscle groups, then you're going to see a lot of benefits in your running and you're going to be able to run more consistently because you're not hurt as much. Yeah, that's great. What are, what are a couple of exercises that you recommend for your athletes to improve their glute strength or their hip strength? Yeah, so there's a bunch of them. So uh, let's see. I think one of my favorites is the marching bridge. And this is part of a core routine that I uh, kind of boringly named the standard core routine. And uh, it's, it's, it's almost like uh, you get on your, your back and you drive your heels into the ground and you lift your pelvis up. And, you know, this engages the glutes. And then when you do the marching version of this exercise, uh, you are lifting one leg at a time so that you're targeting one leg. So uh, it's a little bit more specific to running in that it, it's also a single leg exercise, but uh, it requires a lot of hip strength and glute strength at the same time. So that's a really helpful exercise. Uh, a more advanced exercise is the pistol squat, which is a one-legged squat. And this exercise, you know, requires a lot of strength in, um, you know, in the glutes. And it also requires a lot of stability too. So uh, if you can get to a point where you can do, you know, 10 pistol squats on each leg, then you're going to be stronger than, you know, 98% of other runners out there. And I, I think that's going to go a long way to helping you prevent injuries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can vouch for um, those exercises you mentioned because I'm doing them currently in uh, your program and uh, they're great. And, um, you know, as much as they, they help you prevent injuries, but they also, they, they make you a stronger runner. So when you're, you know, when you're laid into your long Sunday or Saturday run, like th- those exercises are the ones that are going to keep you feeling better and running at a, your goal pace, you know, near the end. So, um, yeah, the strength work is definitely vital. Absolutely. You know, it it goes really beyond injury prevention because 
one of the benefits of, of these routines is and these exercises is that, uh, yeah, you know, they prevent injuries. A lot of the times injuries are caused by uh, your running form breaking down when you get really tired, either at the end of a, a long run or during a faster workout. And so, you know, when your form breaks down, you develop all these inefficient movement patterns and they can be really, um, you know, detrimental to, uh, you know, your form. And then that causes all kinds of problems. But, you know, more importantly, when your form doesn't break down because you're stronger, because your hips can better control your stride and your gait, then you're going to be able to run faster. Because if you have a more efficient stride and running form, you know, that's you're going to waste less energy when you're out there finishing a run and finishing a race. And you're going to have faster finishing times too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, with regards to injury prevention, um, let's talk a bit about um, uh, training programs for runners. And I, I know I've made the mistake where, you know, my first marathon, I, I pulled off sort of any random marathon plan I found a runner's world. And um, I, I think that the strength training was a complete afterthought. So perhaps you could talk a little bit about, about how, uh, injury prevention should be built directly into a, a running training program? That's a great question. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, there's nothing inherent, I shouldn't say inherently wrong, but there's nothing like totally wrong with getting a, an online training program that you kind of just download on, on a website somewhere and follow that. Um, you know, for the most part, these plans are okay. Uh, but the thing is, they're not designed for um, they're not designed with injury prevention as, as one of the top goals of the plan. So, uh, I, I think a lot of runners follow it and do okay, but I think a lot of runners follow it and, uh, either get hurt because the goal of those plans is to get you to finish the race. And I think, you know, when I write a training plan, of course, the goal is to get you to finish the race and, and hopefully do it faster than you ever have before. But a, a secondary goal that is likely equally as important to me is, Let's get you to the finish line healthy and 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 stronger, so that you're not only going to be able to run faster, but you're going to be able to uh, feel better doing it. You're going to be able to to do it uh, without any injuries, and you're not going to get hurt after the race either. So, yeah, in terms of building um, injury prevention into the training plan, uh, one of the things that that I do with all my training plans is that uh, you won't see just mileage or in the workouts in the plan. You will see the specific exercises that you have to do to prevent injuries, you will see a dynamic warm up before every single run. And so, you know, I build those aspects of injury prevention right into the plan itself. Uh, there's a couple of things that I do with the, um, you know, the actual mileage and the workouts too. So everything follows a very logical progression based on where you are right now and what you're comfortable with running. So you know, I don't kind of throw runners into a marathon plan if they're not even ready to start marathon training yet, you know, so let's, let's first start at a level that they're comfortable at. And then we'll take the next logical step with whether that's their long run, their workouts, their overall mileage, etc. So the plan itself will look, uh, the plans that I write look very different than some of the plans that you can get online. Because, you know, one of the top goals that I have for every runner is uh, let's get to the starting line, not only able to finish the race, but let's get there healthy. Yeah, I know exactly because you want to, I mean, once I, once you're done your race, I mean, you know, you, you'll, you're you sore for a day or two and you recover and then you're like, okay, what's next? Right. And I'd so much rather have a runner um, get to the finish line at 95% than have a runner be in the best shape of their life 
but injured and not even able to run the race. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, so let's talk a bit about pain. Um, uh, you know, I know we're, we're not doctors or physios or anything here, but, um, I, I just want to talk to you a bit about, I guess, do you have some guidelines regarding pain? Because, you know, obviously there's, there's different types of pain. There's pain from a, a tough workout, you know, when you're doing a, a real tough tempo run and then there's pain related to an injury. Um, so perhaps you can talk a little bit about the difference between the two and sort of any guidelines that you give your athletes regarding pain or a little niggle they may have, you know, before they set out on a run or, or a niggle that they develop, uh, as their run progresses. Yeah, that's another great question. So, um, I, I think, I think part of your question is really, really great because, you know, you, you said pain and you said an injury and then there's a niggle. So, uh, I, I think too many runners think that every little ache or pain or soreness or, or some little thing not feeling 100% is an injury, where you really need to think of injuries as a spectrum. You know, on one end, you're 100% healthy and you feel like the Incredible Hulk. And on the other end, you know, you're totally injured and, and one running step just means excruciating, uh, stabbing pain. And most injuries are, are, are somewhere in the middle. And, it, you know, you really need to know your body and understand, okay, so if I can run without any sharp stabbing pain and, you know, if there's like a little ache or soreness, but it, it gets better as I run and it tends to go away when I, after I warm up a little bit, that's a good thing. And, you know, for the most part, that means that you're not doing any additional damage. So, you know, for any runner who, uh, you know, has a sore calf or any kind of sore muscle or some achy muscle, if they do a proper warm up and then start their run a little bit slower than usual, and that run, uh, that achy muscle tends to kind of loosen up and they start feeling better, uh, that's a very good sign and they should continue on with the workout. You know, maybe, maybe you run a little bit slower or uh, you may, if you're doing a faster workout, you reduce the, the total volume or you make it a little bit slower than usual. But, you know, for the most part, that's not a real injury. That's just something that you deal with as a runner because running is a contact sport and it's you in the ground. And, you know, it's like, in, it's like with football, you know, every time you are sore, you're not going to tell your coach that you're injured and can't play the game. You know, you kind of just manage whatever soreness that you're experiencing. Um, but, you know, if you have a pain that is legitimately painful, if it's a sharp stabbing or somewhat intense pain that either uh, persists as you run or tends to get worse as you run, that, that's something serious that you should consider, um, you know, stopping for. You know, that's not something that uh, you, can, you should run through. You're probably doing some additional damage to that injured area if, if the pain persists or if it gets worse as you keep running. So, you know, you should be a little more cautious with something like that. But, um, you know, I've had runners that say, oh, uh, you know, my calf gets a little sore at the end of, you know, a long run. And that's that's my injury. I'm like, well, that's not an injury. That's just something that that just happens. That happens. To runners. <laughs> you know, that's just though that's just life. That's life. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. And um, actually, you know, I, I, I wrote a post about dealing with pain and um, a term I I came across, which I really liked and resonated with me, was called athletic intelligence. And I found, uh, especially for myself, you know, the older I'm getting and the the more years I've been running for, you get to know your body better and you, um, you're you a bit more in tune, I guess, 
with your body and those little niggles that you get and you can you know if you're out for a run like you said and you get a little pain in your in your calf muscle well you you're better able to decipher um whether that pain is you know just something from you know you're out in a long run and you're just it's just muscle soreness kicking in or it's actually something legit and something you should stop and i think that also comes with with time and uh, putting miles in the legs i think yeah it's like um, it's like having a, a very high body IQ. It's knowing exactly what yes. your body is capable of on a particular day and, and what, you know, you need to understand what, uh, types of pain that your body is, uh, can run through and what, what it can't run through. And one of the, one of the strategies that I have that, um, some of your, your readers can, can implement in their training is, uh, you know, if they finish a run and, you know, something's a little sore, something doesn't feel quite right. Uh, you can vary a lot of things during the next run. So if you have like, say, a scheduled easy run the next day, uh, you know, try to switch as many things up as you can to try to try to help that little niggle go away. So, mm -hmm. you know, let's say, for example, that you did uh, a hill workout in some slightly minimalist shoes and, um, uh, you know, you were you were running a little bit faster the next day, let's wear some more cushion shoes. Let's stay on flat ground. Let's slow the pace way down. Uh, and let's run, you know, a shorter total volume than before. So, you know, you're, you're varying a lot of different uh, elements during this next training session. And so, you know, your body is not going to be doing the same exact repetitive type of exercise that it was doing the day before. Um, so, you know, we have to understand that running is very repetitive. So there are a lot of different ways that you can reduce that repetition. So by by rotating your shoes and running different terrains and surfaces and paces, uh, you know that those are all ways that you can change the subtle stresses that your body experiences. So if you are experiencing a little niggle, you can change everything up the next day, and hopefully that will contribute to you feeling a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, so I think it would be uh, remiss of me if we didn't talk a little bit about running shoes. Um, I know that's a big topic and, um, but I'd like to ask you, I guess, how do running shoes fit into the running injury equation? Um, I mean, I know that's sort of the only piece of equipment you're, you're using out there. So having the right shoe for you is vital, but, uh, what's your approach with regards to recommending, um, how one get the best running shoe for them? So I have a pretty simple philosophy when it comes to choosing running shoes. Um, I, I think it can be a somewhat long process because there's a lot of running shoes out there. And with so many choices, you're going to have to do some experimentation to find what really works for you. And to do that, I think the most helpful way to do it is to simply find a shoe that feels really good on your foot while you're running. And if it fits, if it feels good, then I think you've found the right shoe for you. And it really, I really do think that it's as simple as that. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that you read online, like let's do the, the wet foot test where you dunk your foot in a little bit of water and then you step on the ground and you see the outline of the bottom of your foot. And, you know, if your arch is low, then you'll see a, a smaller arch uh, print on the ground. Whereas if you have high arches, you know, you won't see any of your arch because it doesn't touch the ground. Um, yeah, I, I don't think that influences the type of shoe you should be wearing. And it's interesting because there's a lot of studies that show arch height has nothing to do with whether or not you should be in a motion control shoe or a neutral shoe or a stability shoe. And uh, in fact, you know, those the motion control shoes are, are 
not really good for runners who have uh, low arches and who pronate a little bit more because they're very constrictive and they can actually contribute to to running injuries a little bit more. So uh, if runners experiment with more shoes and they find shoes that that feel good on their feet, then I I think they'd be uh, a lot better off than if they were to rely on wet foot tests and and there's all these other kind of running uh, form analyses that can be done in some specialty running stores. Now, of course, if you, if you want to go to a really high-end uh, biomechanics lab and get your form analyzed uh, by someone who's been doing it for a long time and has some some legit credentials, I think that's a little bit different. But for most runners, uh, they don't really need to go to those lengths. Uh, but fit and, and just how it feels on your foot when you're running are the two most important things. Yeah, that definitely jives with me. I've been with the same shoe. Um, I wear a Mizuno wave creation shoe and I've been wearing it probably for 10 years. I just keep getting the new version every year because I know it works for me. Never had any problems. And it's funny, the one time where I I developed plantar fasciitis is again, during that disaster, during the training for my first marathon, I uh, changed, I tried a different shoe and was amping up my um, volume uh, way more than I should have. Um, and, you know, changing so many variables at once, I don't think, you know, you would recommend that to any runners either. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? You know, if you've been in the same pair of shoes for so long and you haven't had significant injury problems, then there's really no good reason to start getting all kinds of new shoes and, and trying to find a different shoe. You've already found your shoe. You should just stick with it. Yeah, exactly. Actually, I've got a question regarding shoes. Um, and I, I've heard a tip before, you know, if there's a shoe, particular shoe you like and, and the brands, you know, as you know, they even for a specific model, it evolves and changes through the years. Um, but if there's a specific year that you really like that shoe and you buy, you know, say three or four pairs, uh, if you're not running in that shoe, does does the, the quality of the shoe or the cushioning degrade over time, even if you're not wearing it? Or is that, uh, is that not true? I don't think that's, that's true um, for the most part. You know, those materials are going to last for quite a long time. Uh, you know, I think some of the, the synthetic foam and the EVA and, you know, uh, Adidas has this new boost technology that they're using in some of their shoes mm-hmm. now. But you know, those kind of materials are going to take a long time to degrade. And uh, what's going to wear those materials down the most is simply wear and tear. So if you're not wearing them, if they're just kind of sitting in your closet waiting for you to to get to them, then I don't think you're going to have any problems if you're wearing them a year later or two years later. Uh, You know, if you're wearing them you know, 40 years later after you bought them, then, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I, I think, you know, there might be something going on with the shoes at that point, but for most people and, and most real world applications, I don't think there's an issue. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, what else have we got here? Oh, I wanted to go back to, um, some of your favorite resources. Cause we, we talked a bit about sifting through all the, the noise and media hype out there regarding, uh, preventing running injuries. So what are some of your favorite uh, websites or books uh, that you like to recommend to your athletes? Sure. So um, I'll start with a good book. Uh, my favorite training book uh, of all time is uh, a book called Run Faster from the 5K to the Marathon. And this is by uh, an elite coach, uh, Brad Hudson. And it was co-authored with Matt Fitzgerald, who has written I think well over 15 books uh, in the endurance space, and they both 
uh, you know, really know what they're talking about, both from a science perspective, but also from, you know, a coaching and, and a real world practical perspective as well. Yeah, Matt was and, a previous guest on the, on the show as well. Right. Yeah, I've interviewed him myself. I mean, he's super knowledgeable about, um, you know, everything from, uh, you know, running injuries to performance and pacing and how the brain reacts with your muscles and nutrition. I mean, he, he knows it all. But uh, yeah, I, I think the book is a real reflection of, uh, you know, Brad's knowledge as a coach and, and you know, Matt's contributions as, you know, a, a, a journalist and writer and with his background, too, as a nutritionist. But, uh, you know, I, I really think that the training philosophy in Run Faster is just very well-rounded. And I, I think it's really great for runners who want to understand how to structure training to not only achieve their best times, but also, you know, stay healthy and prevent injuries in the long term. Um, as far as a website, uh, I'll, I'll give a shout out to Pete Larson over at Run Blogger. He has some really fantastic stuff on uh, running form and running shoes. And I, I think what he's done is dispel a lot of myths about, uh, you know, how to run properly and, you know, running shoes and all that, all that stuff. You know, he's, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of, this is another, you know, myth that a lot of major media sites talk about is, um, you know, heel striking is bad. It increases shock waves through the, through the ankle and knee and it can contribute to running injuries. Well, heel striking is not necessarily a bad thing. You know, there's a lot of elite runners who heel strike and they don't have significant injury histories or, you know, their injury histories are just as average as every other elite runner who lands on their midfoot. Um, you know, Meb Kep, uh, Keplazigi, who ran uh, and won Boston just last week, is a heel striker. So, um, you know, Pete Larson has done an excellent job at, at talking about the variability in, in heel strike and with uh, midfoot striking and forefoot striking and the nuances between all three of them and how they change based on the terrain that you're running on and how fast you're going and what kind of shoes you're wearing. Uh, and he also does a lot of uh, reviews of running shoes. So he'll, uh, I, I think runblogger.com is just such a really, really valuable resource for runners who want to understand uh, how running shoes play a role in not only performance, but injury prevention and also, uh, you know, the role of efficient running form with, with your training. Yeah, I know. I love, um, Pete does some great work over there and, um, I've actually got his book. I haven't read it yet. Uh, sorry, Pete, but um, have you read his book, uh, Tread Lightly? Yeah, I have. Um, it, it's actually really fantastic. It's uh, basically everything that uh, he, a lot of stuff that he's written on the blog, but he really goes into much more depth on, um, you know, I think the subtitle of his book is Form, Footwear, and the Quest for Injury for Your Running. So it really talks about the three um, things on, on Run Blogger, and he ties them all together really beautifully. Cool. I'll make, be sure to link uh, to the books uh, you recommended and and uh, Pete's site in the show notes. Um, now, what about tools like for a runner? Any any specific tools like a foam roller? Anything that you recommend a, a runner have in their uh, in their toolkit? Yeah. So there's a bunch of things that runners can use um, for injury prevention that I think are super helpful. Uh, you know, you mentioned a, a foam roller. I think those are great. Uh, I think. You know, if any every runner got a foam roller and used it, you know, once a day or once every two days, uh, I think there'd be slightly fewer running running injuries out there. Um, you know, not not just because it's a cure all, but you know, I think just like any uh, 
workout or injury prevention tool or a resource like that, it's, um, you know, it's a tool. It's something that can be used to, to, to help your training. And a foam roller, what it essentially does is it kind of, um, you know, acts to, to break up any minor muscle adhesions that you may have, uh, any residual scar tissue from hard workouts or long runs that, that kind of naturally develops. And, um, you know, it's a form of self-massage that can help loosen up your muscles. So I think that's, that's a great resource. Any, it's like 20, 25 bucks. I think it's a great uh, investment for any runner. Uh, the other thing that I'd recommend uh, for some strength exercises, if, you know, you don't have access to a gym uh, and you want just to get a low-cost way to do some slightly more advanced bodyweight exercises is uh, a TheraBand, which is simply a piece of, you know, rubber tubing or rubber band that you uh, can tie up and just use for extra resistance. Uh, I'd also recommend a medicine ball. Um, you know, you can get these on Amazon. They're anywhere from like two or four pounds all the way up to 10 or 12 pounds. And, you know, start with six or eight pounds and you can kind of go up from there, but you can do a lot of different types of body weight exercises with medicine balls. Um, I actually just created a medicine ball routine that I call the Tomahawk medicine ball workout, um, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, it's a little bit more advanced because, again, it's, you know, not just body weight exercise. It's using a medicine ball. But, uh, you know, for, you know, like 25 or 30 bucks, you can get a medicine ball and you can do a lot of exercises in your home that, uh, you know, other you would otherwise need a gym to do. So, you know, you can forego the gym membership and, you know, do most of it at home. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I've definitely I've got a, um, a foam roller, which I use quite a bit. And the TheraBands are great. I find them particularly useful for um, some of those uh, hip exercises. Uh, so right, hip, right. Yeah, sort of the abduction type stuff, a um, bit of the hip flexor work, um, and some of the IT band um, exercises as well. The, the TheraBands fantastic for it. Again, I mean, those are dirt cheap. You can pick up band for, you know, five bucks or something. Um, now let's talk about, you've got a, an injury program or injury prevention program for runners that you've, um, that you've developed and you offer to your athletes and people who come to your site. So tell us a bit about, uh, why you developed the program and what it, what it includes and, uh, who it's for. Yeah. So, um, earlier this year I put together the program and it includes, um, you know, a lot of, uh, coaching lessons and, uh, includes a library of training plans. You know, I mentioned earlier that a lot of the training plans that you can get online don't really focus on injury prevention. So I wanted to provide plans that, uh, you know, not only will help you get faster and run a new PR and all that, but that are specifically designed so that you're not doing too much too soon, that are, include all those um, flexibility exercises and strength exercises that really help you get healthy. So, you know, in addition to the coaching lessons and the training plans, uh, I have, um, there's a lot of private videos within the program too. I think I have a little over 15 videos and there's a bunch of strength and dynamic, uh, warm up type of routines that I have in this program that are very runner specific. You know, they focus on, um, you know, the hips and the glutes, like I mentioned before, that are super helpful, uh, uh, muscles to, to get stronger for injury prevention and, you know, we focus on exercises that, uh, you know, are, are helpful specifically for runners. And so when these, ex these exercises and routines are used in a well-structured progressive program, 
runners see results like you know like men before and uh I'm, I'm really excited about how it turned out um but you know one of the things that i think makes the program really stand out is the fact that uh i interviewed uh, a lot of experts in the field about injury prevention uh we talked about brad hudson who coaches a lot of elite athletes and matt fitzgerald who's written over 15 books and they're all uh interviews with them are included in the program as well so um, I think there are seven interviews in total, and there's over four hours of audio wow. uh, talking with, um, you know, uh, award-winning researchers and coaches and, and authors, uh, biomechanics experts and clinicians. You know, it's uh, something that even as, uh, you know, a more competitive runner like myself, if this was available elsewhere, I would snatch it up because I think there's a lot of helpful, helpful stuff in there that, um, you know, I, I would really be interested in. But you know, the reason why I put it together is because I was kind of tired of seeing all this advice out there about how to stretch before your runs and do all these intervals that are just going to leave you on the side of the track, kind of puking your brains out. And, <laughs> you know, you're going to end up with a hamstring tear and then you're not going to know how to treat it. And, um, you know, you're kind of be going to be left in the dark when it comes to staying healthy and training for your goal race. So, um, you know, I put it together and uh, I included uh, step-by-step treatment protocols for for the the major running injuries too, you know, just in case. Uh, so that's Achilles tendinopathy, IT band syndrome, runner's knee, and plantar fasciitis. So uh, you know, it's it's not only just a prevention program; it's also uh, something that you can use just in case you do get hurt down the road. You know, there's a kind of a step by step way of self caring for your injury. That's fantastic. It sounds like an amazing uh, resource for for runners of any level. Um, for those listening, uh, we'll. We'll put links to all the stuff in the show notes, but if you want to check out um, Jason's program, head over to healthynomics.com slash Jason, and uh, that'll take you right over to uh, some details on the program, and um, you can check it out and ask Jason any questions you might have. So Jason, uh, in respect to your time, I think we'll uh, we'll start uh, closing things out here. And again, uh, thanks very much for coming on to the show. And uh, again, let the listeners know where they can find you online and how they can get in touch. Sure. So the best place to find me online is at strengthrunning.com. And, uh, you know, that's where I uh, try to publish one or two new posts every single week. So uh, if you want to sign up for the newsletter, it's just strengthrunning.com slash newsletter. And uh, you'll get all those new posts. And I also have a bunch of free stuff for my subscribers, too. Um, but if you're a Twitter person, you can also go on uh, Twitter and find me at JasonFitz1. Uh, my full name was taken, unfortunately. So <laughs> <laughs> that's what I had to settle with. Very cool. Uh, well, thanks again, Jason. And uh, I guess I got to get out for my 4K run now. Yeah, you can't skip your run today, Mark. <laughs> Unacceptable. Yeah, exactly. Okay, uh, thanks again, Jason, and uh, we will talk to you soon. All right, sounds good.